Scene 1, Exeter, Rhode Island, Halloween 2019. Jacob, Sophia, and Ethan, dressed in costumes, walk up to a door of a small house and ring the bell. A grinning jack-o'-lantern flickers on the porch. A moment later, an elderly woman opens the door. Trick or treat! Well, aren't all you adorable? Ooh, a vampire! What a handsome ghoul you are! Oh, uh, thanks, ma'am. And what are you, young lady? Some kind of disco singer? I'm a 1980s pop star. And oh, you must be a kitty cat. Well, sort of. I'm Black Panther. You can each take one piece of licorice, okay? Don't stay out too late. Thanks. The friends walk back to the street. One piece of licorice? Seriously? They watch two parents drag a screaming toddler dressed as a pumpkin to the next house. This is lame. Let's just go see a movie. Sure, yeah, it looks like rain anyway. As thunder rumbles in the distance, a teenage girl in a plain white dress walks by. She drops a silver bracelet. Sophia scoops it up and calls after the girl. Hey, you dropped your bracelet. The girl turns around. She has very pale skin, black hair, and deep blue eyes. Sophia hands her the bracelet. Thank you. I like your costume. Aw, uh, thanks. I'm Jacob. This is Sophie and Ethan. My name is Lena. Are you from Exeter? I don't recognize you. Yes, I've lived here forever. Uh, so what's your costume? I'm Mercy Brown. Who? Mercy Brown. She lived about a hundred years ago, and she... What? And she what? She was a vampire. At least, that's what some people thought. Uh, a vampire? You mean like Jacob? No, not like that. It was said that Mercy's spirit rose from the dead to feast on the living. Ew, gross. She's buried here in town. In fact, I'm on my way to visit her grave. Do you want to come along? Uh, sure? Totally. You guys just want a photo for Instagram. Actually, we're going to a movie. Oh, come on, Ethan. The cemetery is more fun. It'll be a Halloween adventure. Fine, fine. Lena leads the way. So, Lena, tell us the story of Mercy Brown. Very well. It all happened in 1892. Exeter was small then, and isolated. Mercy's family lived on a humble farm. Their lives were filled with tragedy. Scene 2, Exeter, January 1892. The lights come up on a simple but cozy bedroom with faded, with faded floor wallpaper. Mercy Brown, 19, lies in bed, shivering and sweating. She coughs violently into a handkerchief that is red with blood. George, Mercy's father, stands across the room with Dr. Metcalf, talking quietly. So, Doctor, there's really nothing you can do? There is no cure for consumption. Even the cause is debated. Yes, I know. That's what they told me a decade ago, when consumption claimed my wife. And again, 
Months later, when it claimed my eldest daughter, Doctor, what have I done to deserve this? I'm sorry, George. It's a terrible disease. Mercy is so frail. Her body has wasted away. Your son, Edwin, how is his health? More sorrow. His consumption has only gotten worse. Oh, doctor, what will I do? Scene 1, Exeter, Rhode Island, Halloween 2019. Jacob, Sophia, and Ethan, dressed in costumes, walk up to a door of a small house and ring the bell. A grinning jack-o'-lantern flickers on the porch. A moment later, an elderly woman opens the door. Trick or treat! Well, aren't all you adorable? Ooh, a vampire! What a handsome ghoul you are! Oh, thanks, ma'am. And what are you, young lady? Some kind of disco singer? I'm a 1980s pop star. And oh, you must be a kitty cat. Well, sort of. I'm Black Panther. You can each take one piece of licorice, okay? Don't stay out too late. Thanks. The friends walk back to the street. One piece of licorice? Seriously? They watch two parents drag a screaming toddler dressed as a pumpkin to the next house. This is lame. Let's just go see a movie. Sure, yeah, it looks like rain anyway. As thunder rumbles in the distance, a teenage girl in a plain white dress walks by. She drops a silver bracelet. Sophia scoops it up and calls after the girl. Hey, you dropped your bracelet. The girl turns around. She has very pale skin, black hair, and deep blue eyes. Sophia hands her the bracelet. Thank you. I like your costume. Aw, uh, thanks. I'm Jacob. This is Sophia and Ethan. My name is Lena. Are you from Exeter? I don't recognize you. Yes, I've lived here forever. Uh, so what's your costume? I'm Mercy Brown. Who? Mercy Brown. She lived about a hundred years ago, and she... <laughs> what? And she what? She was a vampire. At least, that's what some people thought. Uh, a vampire? You mean like, Jacob? No, not like that. It was said that Mercy's spirit rose from the dead to feast on the living. Ew, gross. She's buried here in town. In fact, I'm on my way to visit her grave. Do you want to come along? Uh, sure? Totally. You guys just want a photo for Instagram. Actually, we're going to a movie. Oh, come on, Ethan. The cemetery is more fun. It'll be a Halloween adventure. Fine, fine. Lena leads the way. So, Lena, tell us the story of Mercy Brown. Very well. It all happened in 1892. Exeter was small then, and isolated. Mercy's family lived on a humble farm. Their lives were filled with tragedy. (laughs) 
George sits by his son's bed. Edwin's cough is bad. My son! There is a knock on the front door. George wipes away tears and leaves to greet his guests. Edwin listens through the wall of his bedroom. My dear George, how are you? How is young Edwin? We've all been praying for him. We still mourn the loss of mercy. Thank you, friends. Please, come in. They enter George's parlor. It's gloomy and dusty. It's nice to see you. I rarely have guests. George, we've come to discuss something. We feel so sorry for your family. Consumption is scourge. But let's not give up hope for Edwin. Have you considered alternative treatments? Alternative treatments? You see, George, some of the townspeople believe that Edwin's sickness is caused by certain, well, shall we, we say, spirits. Spirits? Evil spirits of the dead, come to feast on the blood of the living. That's absurd. Now, George, just hear us out. There's a very old remedy, remedy that we believe in save Edwin. What sort of remedy? George's neighbors huddle around him and whisper. Only a few words can be heard by the audience. In his bedroom, Edwin presses his ear to the wall. Body. Blood. Fire. Drink. When they finish, George stands abruptly. Leave my home now! How dare you propose such a thing? This could be your only chance. What have you to lose? Your refusal puts the whole time at risk. Out! George's neighbors leave, and George returns to Edwin's bedside. Father, I heard something about a remedy. What did they say? Nothing. It's nonsense. Madness. Just tell me. Well... George whispers into his son's ear. What if it works? You're not suggesting... It is horrible, I know, but... (coughs) What if it works? It could stop the spread of the disease, save everyone, maybe even me. Mercy died later that night. What's consumption? I already googled it. Consumption is now known as tuberculosis. The disease is caused by a bacterium that usually infects the lungs. Highly contagious, it was once a leading cause of death in the United States. Scientists discovered the bacterium in 1882, but news was slow to reach rural areas. So the cause was known, but they hadn't heard about it in Exeter? Well, says here, a cure wasn't developed until the 1940s, so knowing the cause wouldn't have done Mercy much good anyway. What does all of this have to do with vampires? I will tell you. After Mercy's death, her body was placed in the family crypt until spring because the frozen ground made digging a grave impossible. Meanwhile, it seemed that Edwin was soon to follow his sister.
Under the night sky, the townspeople gather around two coffins that have just been dug up. The light of their candles reveal the names on the tombstones that mark the two now empty graves. Mary E. Brown and Mary O. Brown, Mercy's mom and sister. Dr. Metcalf opens the coffin lid and peers inside. For a moment, no one says a word. Nothing but bones and dust. We must check Mercy's coffin. It's in the crypt. The group turns to the Brown family crypt. Two men open the creaky wooden door and carry out Mercy's coffin. Dr. Metcalf lifts the lid. She hasn't rotted a bit. Her position has changed. She's been moving. Check her organs! If there's blood in her organs, we'll know for sure she's a vampire. Dr. Metcalf takes a scalpel from his bag. He cuts open the corpse and removes the heart and liver. Cut open the heart! Dr. Metcalf slices into Mercy's heart. Oh dear! Blood! So it's true. It's true! Mercy's spirit has been rising from the grave to feed on her brother. The townspeople light a fire on a nearby stone and drop the heart and liver into the flames. Burn! 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 They watch as the organs are consumed by the fire, their faces wild in the orange glow of the blaze. Burn the organs! Kill the spirits! The townspeople watch until the fire dies out. Collect the remains, we'll mix them with water and feed them to the boy. If he wants to live, Evan must drink the ashes of his sister's organs. The group stands outside the gates of Chestnut Hill Cemetery. Behind them, a white church sits quietly among the weathered old tombstones. Thick fog hangs in the air. Wait, what was the remedy? It must have been something awful. Lena gazes into the cemetery. We are here. The friends look around, just now noticing where they are standing. I forgot how creepy this place is. Well, yeah, it's a cemetery. So, Lena, what happened? Reluctantly, George and Edward agreed to go through what the townspeople had proposed, but neither would be present for the ritual, which took place on a cold night right here in this very cemetery. Under the night sky, the townspeople gather around two coffins that have just been dug up. The light of their candles reveal the names on the tombstones that mark the two now empty graves. Mary E. Brown and Mary O. Brown, Mercy's mom and sister. Dr. Metcalf opens the coffin lid and peers inside. For a moment, no one says a word. Nothing but bones and dust. We must check Mercy's coffin. It's in the crypt. 
the group turns to the Brown family crypt. Two men open the creaky wooden door and carry out Mercy's coffin. Dr. Metcalf lifts the lid. She hasn't rotted a bit. Her position has changed. She's been moving. If there's blood in her organs, we'll know for sure she's a vampire. Dr. Metcalf takes a scalpel from his bag. He cuts open the corpse and removes the heart and liver. Cut open the heart! Dr. Metcalf slices into Mercy's heart. Oh dear! Blood! So it's true. Mercy's spirit has been rising from the grave to feed on her brother. The townspeople light a fire on a nearby stone and drop their heart and liver into the flames. Burn! 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 They watch as the organs are consumed by the fire, their faces wild in the orange glow of the blaze. Burn the organs! townspeople watch until the fire dies out. Collect the remains. We'll mix them with water and feed them to the boy. If he wants to live, Evan must drink the ashes of his sister's organs. George lived in sorrow until 1922. So the ritual didn't work? Of course not. Mercy was not a vampire. People just didn't understand consumption. They were afraid and panicked, but the ritual had an unintended result. It released Mercy's spirit, dooming her to wander sad and alone for all time. <laughs> Lena's words are cut off by a bad coughing fit. Heh, spooky ending. Hey, are you okay? Lena doesn't answer. She solemnly approaches the grave and leaves her bracelet on top. I'm going to leave something for Mercy, too. Jacob places his plastic vampire teeth on the grave. Ethan leaves a handful of candy. Sophia takes off her hoop earrings and crouches beside the grave. Ethan notices the name on the tombstone. Mercy L. Brown. What does the L stand for? Ethan looks up, but Lena has disappeared. Uh, where'd she go? Uh, guys, this bracelet she left is engraved. Mercy Lena Brown. With a loud burst of thunder, rain begins to fall as the three fr friends stand in stunned silence. <laughs> 